0: Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
1: This is Pure Opelka.
0: With Mike Opelka.
2: Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We have uh, business to deal with this hour. So third hour of the show. Still some... Some business to take care of before we wrapped up the last hour, we were talking about ESSA, the Every Student Succeeds Act. And this is this is a, um, a replacement for No Child Left Behind that is now pushing its invasive analysis and mental health exams of your kids, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews uh, under the guise of helping, helping. And unless your child, your your kindergarten t- kid, your kid in kindergarten or first grade or grammar school, unless that kid has a a licensed psychotherapist or psychologist teaching them what's happening here, what's happening in the classrooms are federally required mental health exams in great detail 72 questions each month and th- let's just think about that think about the mountain of paperwork that's going on the mountain of government information that be- is being culled from kids all over the country i will tweet out a link to whether or not your your state has um e uh, has has this invasive program inside of it. God, I, I can't imagine what kids today are being forced to learn and how they're, they're being forced to uh, be exam, examined by their teachers and then have all that stuff reported. It's not protected by the HIPAA laws. That health information privatization of that, you know, we just can't have this going on. And there are states that have preschool through 12, 12 through K that have these in place already. And you can see what the standards are. This is scary. Uh, And and it's it's uh, very disturbing. Very disturbing. So um, get involved, especially if you are a, a parent, a grandparent. It'd be great to have grandparents involved, too. One of the ways you can do this is get involved in school boards. One of the ways you can do this is to actually ask if your kid is, is being exam, examinated each month. I almost said examined. If your kid's being examined, they're not teaching them good English. It's very disturbing, at least to me. Meanwhile, as this is going on, we are obsessed with Mika and Joe and Donald Trump. And the Twitter storm that's going on it it really is so bizarre to me that that we're we're all up in this craziness. And if you look back in the last few days, you could see it coming up. you know it It's important to kind of monitor it and follow it backwards. You know, so this was like two days ago, Scarborough got all upset because Donald Trump was tweeting that Barack Obama was the one colluding with the Russians. Well, all, we only have the evidence to to hold up exactly what Donald Trump was tweeting. We only have the evidence of of President Obama leaning over to Medvedev and saying in 2012, after the election, I'll have more flexibility. Please relay that message to Vladimir. Yeah, so that happened, and I guess you could... You could say that, interestingly enough, that that happened in 2012. Then in 2016, when the president was told that Russia was messing or trying to mess with our elections, he didn't do anything until December 29th, two months after the election. Nothing. And even then, he kicked out 35 diplomats. And what did did Putin do? Putin said... Oh, It's uh, too bad you've kicked diplomats out of the uh, United States. Uh, you have diplomats here in Russia. We will invite them over for party. So uh, you stomp your feet all you want, Mr. Obama. We will invite your Amerikanskis and their families over for parties. But uh, this, was, this was Joe Scarborough ranting about Donald Trump's tweets accusing Obama of collusion. Oh. He becomes to himself. Hold on one second here. Hang on. It's going to get loud. He was saying the more obstructive he becomes. Negation by Bob Mueller has brought everything
1: on himself. And the deeper he gets in it, the more he digs, the more destructive he becomes to himself well they're all over the place he in particular are all over the place on their explanation for what happened remember he said maybe they meddled maybe it was china i don't know then we got to the place where sean spicer said i haven't spoken to the president we couldn't get the president to acknowledge whether or not russia interfered in the election then in the tweet about president obama while he thought implicating President Obama admitted that there was meddling in the election, now he's saying, in fact, it's President Obama who was obstructing and colluding with the government. The stupidity. The story has taken so many twists and so many turns, but he's going off that Washington Post story of last week, which said...
2: So Willie Geist is trying to explain it, and underneath you hear Joe Scarborough saying, the sheer stupidity, the sheer stupidity. That's two days ago. Okay, so let's rewind one day ago, 24 hours ago, after saying Trump and his tweeting are sheer stupidity, guess what else Joe said about Donald Trump just 24 hours ago and 24 hours after calling Trump sheer stupidity.
1: Also, Donald Trump is only making the media stronger. I mean, we have record ratings for us. Uh, uh, at Morning Joe. Record ratings for the uh, subscription increases. New York Times, the Washington Post, etc., etc. Everybody is actually getting more viewers by holding them accountable. And when they do things like that, they only feed
2: into, you know, they only make us stronger. So, you're calling Trump stupid, but what he's doing is benefiting you. And uh, let me add to that. Let me add a a sidebar to uh, Joe talking about how we're having record ratings and the New York Times is having record increases in subscriptions. When you are down at the bottom, the only place you have to go is up. And Morning Joe has been down there at the bottom until they started having Trump on the show. And when they finally brought Trump on the show, guess what? People tuned in. People absolutely tuned in. And then this morning, so we had two days ago, we had yesterday, and now we have today from Morning Joe. I know, I know, you don't watch it. I watch it so you don't have to. Today, after the tweet came out, Mika decided to speak.
1: Well, on anyone who interacts? Well, I think what Twitter has done, though, is really revealed the true nature of this man who is the president of the United States. I, I mean, it's shown the kind of the dark underbelly of this presidency. It's pretty
2: horrific. I think thanks to Twitter, we know. I think if you go. So Mika talks about Trump's dark underbelly and revealed the true nature of the man. And now Joe kind of steps in. And I'm wondering, is, is he defending Trump or is he supporting Mika's theory here? Kind of interesting. Listen to what Joe follows up Mika's discussion of the, the dark underbelly of Donald Trump.
1: I I think if you go on Twitter and you go on Twitter angry, I I don't think uh, market reveals character. I think it twists and distorts character because you've got to put it in 140 characters. There's no room for nuance, and I think it brings out many times the absolute worst in people. That's why I just don't take it. I use it to swap pirates.
2: So Joe is saying he doesn't take it personally, but two days ago. Two days ago, he talked about the sheer stupidity. So what is it? All this tells me is this entire story, this whole thing between Joe and Mika and Trump is just Bravo Sierra. It's all of them feeding into each other. It's all of them just saying, okay, now what are we going to do with this? I'll tell you what I do. I know if I do this, then he'll do that. So let me do. Let uh, you know what I'm gonna call him a duty head, and we'll see if he'll react. And I know, I know that that bullying, cyber bullying, was was the first lady's mission, and then there'll be all kinds of funny tweets about Melania. Why don't you tone down the president's bullying? Because he's bullying Mika. This just smells of of the the kind of silly, shallow, pre predetermined fights that you would see on professional wrestling. And what I want to know is what's happening in the background while all this is going on. Are we are we putting the screws to North Korea? Are we dealing with Syria? Have we retaken Mosul? Are we doing everything we can do to get the veterans who served this country the care and treatment that we promised them? Are we actually rewriting the Senate health care bill? While the whole world is focused on this. It doesn't make any damn sense. And I'm going back to Judge Judy. If it doesn't make any sense, it's not true. I got to step aside when we get back. How about a little throwback action here? How about. How about we look at some uh, Throwback Thursday stuff and talk about uh, what happened there? And then uh, I can't find my shopping list. I have to find that. I know that's around here somewhere. Plus, uh, the dumbest uh, vehicle thief in the nation, at least in the state of New Jersey, the absolute dumbest. And um, there was some news on Sanctuary Cities today that actually made me feel like, okay, maybe while the rest of the media is focused on this, this sanctuary city stuff uh, will start protecting the actual citizens of this country from the crooks and gang members who have infiltrated it. We'll get into all of that after the break. I'm Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: is Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We do have uh, myriad topics to get to. Uh, a couple of like weird leftover things that I had gathered and put aside for the show today that I wanted to get to. And a lot of it is the do as I say, not as I do thing. A lot of it is uh, dealing with Whatever uh, strangeness is coming out of D.C. like this Brzezinski, Scarborough, Trump war of words that's going on. But Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, who, you know, seventy seven billion dollars, whatever he's got. One of the richest guys in the world. Warren Buffett doesn't have a problem with the death tax. Warren Buffett thinks it's a it's a great thing. And that's fine. I'm sure he's he's squirreled away enough money that he'll be okay. And I'm sure he's, he's set up trust for his kids so that not all of the $77 billion will be taxable. But Warren Buffett said something that I just, I just think that every now and then it would be great for a reporter to go, come on! Warren Buffett talking to Judy Woodruff, and she wanted to know how rich he was and they, they talked about it, and uh, he said something. See if you can spot the ridiculous thing Warren Buffett says here.
0: How wealthy
1: are you? I mean, I'm reading that you're $77 billion. 99% of my
2: net worth is in Berkshire Hathaway stock. Uh, every share of that stock has been pledged
0: to philanthropy. So.
2: Okay, so that's good. So if you have $77 billion... And let's say 99% of it is pledged to philanthropy, or 99% of it is in uh, Berkshire Hathaway stock. That's the, the company that is the holding company for all the companies Warren Buffett has been buying. So if you have $77 billion, right, that's a, that's a whole bunch of billions of dollars. That's just more than you and I will ever be able to fathom but 1% of that would still be would still be a whole bunch of millions. So Warren Buffett's got that going for him. I'm happy he's pledging a lot of his fortune to philanthropic efforts. I'm happy he's trying to stop malaria. He and Bill Gates are doing that. But he gets he gets a little into the weeds here and says something I think is silly. I'm a trustee for that stock, so it'll go to society. And then a good bit of the rest will as well. But if you add up what's in my name,
0: if we go down to my safe deposit box, <laughs> we will find uh, some stock certificates that are wor- worth that much. But as I, uh, you know, I've written, they have no
2: utility to me. They can't do anything to make me happier. I'm already happy. I, I, I'd be happy with, you know, certainly with $100,000 a year, I could be very happy. <laughs> I'm throwing the Bravo Sierra flag right there. Warren Buffett. I'm I'm absolutely tossing the flag. $100,000 a year and you could be happy. I know you live in Omaha. And I know you, you probably have the nicest house in Omaha. But I'm just betting the operating expenses of being Warren Buffett exceed $100,000 a year and probably approach $100,000 a month. So you can say stuff like this. But ultimately, it's not true, sir. And you really shouldn't. Come on. Come on, Mr. Buffett. People pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to sit with you and have lunch and get that investment advice that you dole out. And don't get me started on the death tax. It's double taxation. It's confiscation on the highest order. And yeah, you've already he's look, the guy's lived a great long life. He beat cancer and he beat the odds on on beating the stock market over the years. I I don't own any shares of Berkshire Hathaway. I probably should have, but I didn't. But for him to say things like the death tax is a great way to generate money for the for the government instead of instead of encouraging people to do things on their own. You know there is a place where you can actually mail in additional contributions to to the government. If you feel like your taxes are too low, they actually have set up an office where people can send in a contribution with extra money. I would love to know how much that office received. I would love to know just how many people thought, you know what the government doesn't take enough money for me. I better I better write out a check today and mail it into the office that takes the extra money from people. Because there is one. And it's, it's a ridiculous idea. But there it is. Um, we, I want to talk about Paul Ryan's press conference he had today. And uh, in, in the course of that press conference, there was a discussion uh, with the um, Secretary of Homeland Security about, about our security, about our safety. Secretary Kelly talked about it. I'll play that for you. But uh, Paul Ryan was talking about health care. And uh, I, apparently they are confident. Um, I'd like
0: to ask about health care. You said this morning um, on a Wisconsin radio station that
2: it will take longer than expected. But how long will it take for the Senate and the House
0: to reach an agreed upon health care bill? And what does that mean for the rest of the agenda? Uh, we're still on schedule and on track with our agenda. Uh, as we said, uh, we, we have tax reform is later in the year in the fall. So we still had the summer here to work on health care. So we think we're perfectly on time with our schedule. Uh, I can't answer the question as how long it's going to take because I don't know when the Senate is going to bring their bill to the floor to vote. So as soon as the Senate gets the bill passed and done, I believe we can move fairly quickly around here. So,
2: um, Anyone else feeling like we're being sold a bill of goods? Anyone else feel like the House of Representatives is on schedule? Anyone else feel like that's the truth? No. That's not the truth. You're not on schedule. We were told that... When, we, when you give us the House, when you give us the Senate, when you give us the White House, we will get to work on day one. We're going to start repealing and replacing. We're going to start getting rid of regulations. That's just about the only thing that's being done because of executive orders. But none of the other stuff is being done. We'll talk sanctuary cities after the break. This is Piero Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Reminder, reminder, if you, if you like the common sense approach to business that we do, then you should, you should patronize the common sense sponsors we have. And there's a brand new one, and I'm patronizing them. Uh, the group is called HealthIQ.com. And if you are looking for life insurance, and I am, I'm looking to make sure that, God forbid, anything happens that my other half is taken care of, that my life is taken care of. And I wanted to make sure I had the appropriate amount of insurance, and I wanted to get a good deal, because who doesn't? And the the folks at HealthIQ.com combine your consciousness of good health, and so many of us are health conscious, so many of us are have been over the course of the last few years changing the way we live so we can live better and longer that they the the folks at healthIQ.com have realized that's how they can get better rates for insurance. And I called them. First I went to the website, healthiq.com slash blaze. Healthiq.com slash blaze. I took the quiz, I showed them my knowledge of health. I answered the questions about my lifestyle. I haven't touched tobacco in 20 years. I, I try to get out and walk. I'm aware of what I should be eating. I try to eat right. I try to live right, etc. You know, they want to know what's your time for a mile. Well, I'm not running because my knees are not great, but I am walking. And they took all that data and they said, here's what we could do for you on life insurance. And I said, wow, that's a great deal. So uh, I'm I'm going through the process. They're going to do the the mini physical which is the next step and then if it works out i'm going to be with a major carrier at a great rate with the life insurance i want so if you're in the market if you're looking for life insurance visit healthiq.com/blaze healthiq.com/blaze you can get the the quote the free quote right there and and they're very thorough and very knowledgeable and it wasn't a pressure deal I felt like I was talking to a friend. HealthIQ.com slash Blaze. If you're looking for life insurance, be smart about it. You're smart about everything else in your life. Now, I'm, I'm happy to see that the government is also apparently trying to be smart about some things. We have talked forever about sanctuary cities in this country. And one of the things that really irritates me is the concept of sanctuary cities not offending the people who are here and paying taxes to try and live safely in a city does it just doesn't make any sense it has no common sense attached to it so when the dhs secretary gets up in front of the press along with paul ryan today to talk about sanctuary cities i'm like okay show me something Help me understand where we're going here. And I know President Trump is a guy who, who does not like sanctuary cities. Because basically you're saying, okay, criminals, come on in. And you know what happens. Yeah, I'm sure there are one or two people or one or two percent of those people who show up in sanctuary cities who are true refugees who need our help and want asylum, protection, whatever. But how many gangs and how many criminals realized we can go there and nobody's going to do anything? And then we end up with crime, murder, drugs, etc. And so, thankfully, the secretary of Homeland Security seems to have a plan. This was just a little bit of what he said this morning.
0: President Trump has been clear that our borders are not open to illegal immigration, that we are a nation of laws and we will no longer look the other way. Well, we will no longer look the other way in the interior either. Since the president's executive order and immigration enforcement were signed, ICE has arrested nearly 66,000 individuals who are either known or suspected of being in the country illegally. 48,000 of those individuals are, in fact, convicted criminals.
2: 48,000 convicted criminals that they, they were aware we're here, and nobody was doing anything about it. 48,000 convicted criminals. Anyone get a shudder when you think about that? He's got more stats that'll tick you off, too.
0: Many of the rest were charged with crimes, often multiple ones, or had gang affiliations. So far in FY 2017, ICE Homeland Security Investigations has over 32,700 arrests, criminal arrests, The crimes include illegal gang activity, child exploitation, human trafficking, narcotics trafficking, financial crimes, and many, many others.
2: One of the things I wrestle with is what is my purpose here? I, I have this dialogue all the time with myself. What am I supposed to be doing here? What is this show supposed to do? It's supposed to entertain a little bit. It's supposed to educate a little bit. And it's also supposed to give you the intellectual weaponry that you can talk to your liberal friends about, not to shout them down, but to say, look, let's discuss the sanctuary cities. Let's talk about what's going on in these sanctuary cities. And when you talk about the tens of thousands of people who are being arrested, who are involved in drugs, who are involved in uh, child sex trafficking, Does anybody endorse that? Because if you endorse sanctuary cities, you are endorsing the drug trafficking, the child sex trafficking. These are people, typical liberals, are always shouting about human rights. And you know what? The shouting is one thing. The action is another. And I find that most of my conservative friends, libertarian-leaning conservative friends or straight-up GOP, They don't just shout about human rights. They actually actually take action and get involved. Secretary Kelly here is talking about real action to try and stop what's going on, to try and put an end to sanctuary cities. I I know I promised I wouldn't stop. I'll let him continue.
0: I appreciate Congress's effort to address the dangers of sanctuary cities and illegal immigrant offenders. As I have said many times before, DHS does not make the laws. Congress does. And we will enforce the laws that are passed by Congress. And I am offended when members of this institution exert pressure and often threaten me and my officers to ignore the laws they make, and I am sworn to uphold.
2: What a great line. What a great... And, and you know what? The only thing I wish the secretary would do... In addition to that, is the next time any member of Congress pressures or threatens the Department of Homeland Security to avoid enforcing the laws so that a person who's here illegally can stay here, a person who might have connections to gangs, to drugs, to human trafficking, that we would put up a list of those members of Congress who are doing that. Because it's an, it's enough. It's time we said enough. It's time the citizens of the nation said, you are charged with taking care of us first. You can't be charitable until you get your own house in order. And so this is this is great news. Now, I'll tell you why I think this is happening now. But arm yourself with this information. Arm yourself with the information about... The Department of Homeland Security letting us know just how many people they have just in in the first few months of this year. Thirty eight thousand. Forty eight thousand. These are criminals. These are people. These are bad dudes, as the president had said on many occasions. I think this is happening now on the heels of what goes into effect tomorrow, and that's the president's travel ban, the temporary travel ban from those six Muslim nations. I think the DHS is stepping up because they realize, should any state sue the Department of Homeland Security for what they're doing to stop the sanctuary cities, that what will happen is it will get to the Supreme Court. Because you know the lower courts will will have a sympathetic ear to those lawsuits. But once it gets to the Supreme Court, I think we're going to have the same situation we have with the travel ban that the Supreme Court will say, yes, we'll hear this. And yes, uh, you can continue on with the action until we finish the case. So just pay attention and watch this one. But I think the actions by DHS on this one are very important and it's partially because we kind of feel like we've been emboldened don't we stepping aside for a minute when we get back i can't find my shopping list it was here a minute ago and uh throwback thursday moment 10 years ago i learned a very important lesson and i'll share it with you next on pure opelka you're listening
0: to pure opelka with mike opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
2: Welcome back. Got a couple of bits of housekeeping I need to take care of. Those of you who've gone to TheBlaze.com, clicked on channels, and then followed my channel, thank you. Thank you. We are now just barely over 25,000. However, I'm still behind Doc Thompson. And, you know, Doc and I have a little battle going on, and I I would like some help on that. So if you have a moment, visit visit TheBlaze.com, click on the channel button find my channel it's probably down near the bottom of the list and uh, follow me you'll get all the stories we do sent to you it's kind of a handy thing to have oh here's my list i gotta go shopping I, i do the grocery shopping let's see here beef lamb butter shellfish cheese asparagus pork veal Chicken, turkey. It sounds kind of uh, protein-heavy, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's not the that's not my shopping list. This is Peta. This is Peta saying these are the top ten foods contributing to climate change. So cut it out. I love it when Peta does stuff like this, and everybody in the world goes, "Thanks for the shopping list, Peta." They're one hundred percent right. One. right. Yeah, we're going to be eating a lot of protein this weekend. PETA also posted, tell us why you think it's necessary to eat bacon. Oh, I don't know, because it's delicious. I also posted a tweet that says, uh, it's kryptonite to ISIS if I'm having delicious crispy bacon. And I don't eat bacon all that often. I think once a month. But when I do eat bacon, I eat delicious, crispy bacon. So thank you, Peter, for all those reminders. And I, I love the responses. If you want to have some fun with it, read the PETA tweets and the responses. They are hilarious. And and the, the one person who, who took Peter to task saying, why can animals eat other animals? But humans that are animals can't eat other animals. Of course PETA has an answer, but it stinks. Uh, okay. But you should follow PETA on Twitter too, just because it's fun. And you get to troll them, and I think they want you to troll them. They think they think that's fun too. I also tweeted out something I hinted yesterday that I was going to do. There's a site called Vet Ticks. V E T T I X dot org. Vet dot org. It's a place where veterans, service personnel, active duty, and their families can go and get great free stuff. And this kicks off tomorrow, and it's all over the country. So when people will do great things for our veterans, I think it's important that we, A, share that information with all the veterans you know, and B, I think it's really important that if you can be a supporter of that, even if you're not getting the free stuff, Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if you can help keep those businesses alive, those who help our veterans and their families? Now, before we get out of here, it was 10 years ago today, I was sitting on a lawn chair outside of an AT&T store on Long Island in a crappy little mall in the most off-the-road place I could find. It was The 29th of June, 2007, it was a Friday, just like today. I had been fired. I had been fired from my job as the executive producer of the morning radio show, Wake Up With Whoopi. It was a terrible show. It really was. And it wasn't terrible because of Whoopi. And some people will say it was terrible because of me. It was terrible because there were too many spatulas in the pot. There were too many executives who thought that they knew exactly what the show should be. But none of them were there at 4.30 every morning to build the show. They were just there to give you notes after the show ended and tell you how terrible everything was. That day I bought my first iPhone. That day, I celebrated my liberation from a bad job with too many spatulas in the pot. And I started, um, I started my smartphone revolution. And while I was there in line, one Whoopi Goldberg called my old cell phone to tell me that she was so sorry that this ended this way. And despite her political leanings, she's been a friend throughout. So I will tell you this. We can disagree without being disagreeable, and we can stay friends. And I think that's what will help us prevail. Testudo, my friends. Testudo.
0: Pure Opelka
1: with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.